guys and welcome to another episode of the crash rap pod podcast dedicated to exploring the magical world of tokyo joshi this is episode 22 i'm your host robbie and i'm of course joined by ty ty how are you i'm doing pretty good robbie that's good to hear uh it's been a little bit uh since our last recording um a lot has uh happened uh for tjpw uh, especially when it comes to the uh princess cup uh we've got some interesting uh, things coming up uh, soon. Uh, but one thing uh, I kind of want to start off with is a little bit of news that came out recently on Twitter. Um, very unfortunate, but um, apparently Yuki Arai has been in contact with someone who tested positive uh, for COVID. Uh, wow. She took apparently a PCR test herself. And although she tested uh, negative, uh, she will be missing the August 14th and the August 15 shows that are coming up that we will be reviewing on the next podcast episode. Now, that's unfortunate, of course. Uh, obviously, she has to sit out, but uh, that's particularly uh, unlucky because uh, she was supposed to be actually starting her uh, midsummer trial series uh, that was planned for her, uh, something that I was actually really excited for. Uh, Yuki Rai just uh, having a bunch of singles trial matches. Like, that sounds like a really fun thing to do with her. So it's going to be delayed. I'm sh- I'm sure that they'll get to to it when she's good to go, but uh, just a little bit. Thanks from there. Uh, also, the matches for the semifinals, of course, uh, have been decided uh, on the TJBW YouTube channel. Uh, we've got the matches. Uh, obviously, we know uh, who's going to be in them. Um, we're going to talk about that in a little bit. Um, but yeah. All right. So we have, uh, two shows to review, of course, uh, the show from the 31st, uh, of July, as well as the show on the 7th from August. Uh, as always, all, all translations come from the, uh, English update page on Twitter. So, uh, let's get started with the first show, uh, that be- happening, uh, July 31st at Shinjuku face. Tokyo Princess Cup Day 5. Uh, this was the show that held all of the uh, corner quarterfinal matches for the Tokyo Princess Cup. Beginning of the show, uh, Sayuri comes out. She announces the upcoming show in Nagoya. Of course, it will be Arise first homecoming show uh, where she will be teaming with Mew uh, against Aino and Moko. We'll talk about that uh, in a second in the main event. And then the Up Up Girls, they sang Make Takunai. And then uh, we had the matches. So the first match, uh, or match one, was a six-woman tag uh, between Yuki Kamifuku, Mahiro Kiryu, Moka Miyamoto, versus Mirai Mayumi, Palm Harajuku, and Kaya Torabami, with Palm defeating Moka with Palm to Justice at nine minutes and 19 seconds. The Palm order is happy. Um, Ty, this was an opener. <laughs> Um, I didn't really write too much about this. Um, Did you? Well, I just mentioned how 
like Mocha is the weak link again. <laughs> it would be more interesting if someone else was pinned instead of constantly Mocha because I feel like whenever Mocha is in a woman tag, she's usually the one that gets pinned. Like, yeah, there should I- be a statistic on that, to be honest. <laughs> uh, that's what cage match is for. There you go. Um, yeah. But um, yeah, I-, I thought the same thing too. Uh, when I saw the results, it's Sayuri just announced uh, prior that she was going to be in the main events of the next show. So it was a little bit weird uh, to have Mocha uh, take the pin here uh, in the yeah. opener. I mean, it's Mocha, but you know, this they've been putting her in a little bit more high profile matches, uh, letting her uh, develop her skills. And she's been uh, working well with Yuki Arai. So eh, I wouldn't have done it. Um, uh, maybe you could have had Kaya uh, take the loss or something, have Mocha yeah. be on the winning team even. So eh, I this match itself, I thought was okay. Uh, well, I, I enjoyed- like, um... Mariah's energy in this match. I don't know why, but she looked really happy. <laughs> uh, did you see Palm uh, during the beginning or like during the entrances? She like she was very hyper. Uh, she yeah, bumped yeah. her head twice. <laughs> um, well, she knew she, she was winning. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I thought the match was kind of okay. Um, I did like seeing the brief tag work between Camille and Mahiro. Uh, even if uh, Toyo University isn't really a big profile team. I, I do really like their dynamic as partners. Um, I have a question, Ty. How do you feel about Mahiro's sort of kneeling gimmick? Where, she, where in this match, she basically uh, just kneels on top of Kaya and just apologizes for Kamiyu's behavior. It's kind of something that uh, Mahiro has been doing a little bit in her uh, mo- more recent matches, kind of just staying down. I- I don't Do you have any know big thoughts on that? Feel. Like, Camille, like, I guess Camille does have very uh, interesting behavior sometimes. So, but I wouldn't say to the point to apologize for it. I feel like that's a little. <laughs> yeah, it seems but... like uh, Mahiro is kind of Camille's caretaker in that sense. Yeah, even exactly. Though they, even though that dynamic is a little bit flipped because it's usually uh, Camille kind of quote unquote looking out for Mahiro, but um, I don't know. It's just, yeah. I guess it's something cool or something to Mahiro um, for her to do, I guess. But um, I don't really have any big thoughts Maybe on that. Maybe she's just so. embarrassed by Camille all the time. I feel like uh, their tag team dynamic would make that feeling mutual sometimes. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. But yeah, this was an opening match. Uh, I gave this a two and a quarter. Me too. Alrighty. Okay, match uh, two. We have a three-way uh, between Hyper Masao versus Nodoka Tenma versus Haru and Neko with Hyper Masao defeating Neko with Hyper Me returns. Eight minutes, 22 seconds. This was um, quite an experience, I'll say. <sighs> um, everyone is entering at the same time uh, with all of them carrying signs that have uh, their names on it, both in English and Japanese. Um, Sayuri is also announcing them uh, with English, uh, as well as including a lot of deep voice emphasis on their name. Um, this was something, <laughs> this, this intro. Um, Hybrid Masao, she of course does her Hello Big Children promo. Uh, her and Nodoka, they sort of like 
pose for uh, pictures behind like a frame made by Ref Kiso and Harna. Um, and then Hyper Missile was Hyper Missile. She, of course, attacked everyone. This match was very wacky, <laughs> uh, as is a, a Hyper Missile match. Uh, apparently, spraying people uh, with the spray can and hitting uh, others with your signs is allowed because I guess they entered with them. But um, overall, uh, very, very comedic match. Um, Hyper Missile, she grabs Nodoka and spins her around at one point in which Nodoka grabs Kiso and they're all spinning together to the point where Koda literally flies out of the ring, <laughs> which was uh, a pretty hilarious visual. Um, Nodoka and Harna, uh, they fight for a little bit in which Hyper Missile uh, comes up. Uh, it's now the ref. She's wearing a uh, ref shirt. Um, she gives a fast count to Neko and then turns on her, which was pretty great. Um, and then the finish happened uh, with Hyper Missile using a tied up Nodoka, who's like, who's kind of like tied up in Hyper Missile as a ref shirt uh, to trip Neko into the Hyper Me return. So it's a Hyper Missile match. So <laughs> uh, very comedic, very goofy, uh, especially with the cat and uh, Nodoka Tenma in there with her. But um, yeah, Ty, what did you feel about it? I greatly enjoyed Hyper being the referee. I, I found that absolutely hilarious, especially when she gave Neko the count and it was like, I was thinking, would that even count? Like the, her being the ref, but obviously not because <laughs> has to do it. But that was really funny. And also hyper in the spray seems to be like, it's becoming a thing now. I see it's her secret weapon. Yeah, it, it's been a thing of hers for a bit. Um, yeah. Uh, I, I, as much as I do enjoy the sort of like uh, tactics of hyper missile, I do wish there was a little bit more um, scissors and tape um but um if you know you know um but yeah. uh there you go uh yeah this was quite the uh comedic three-way fiber myself uh so much so that i didn't give this a rating it was just way too wacky for me i gave it um, two and a quarter okay um i will say though th that visual of ref referee kiso just flying out of the ring after being swung that was uh quite amazing um i really enjoyed that do you have a gif <laughs> of that uh no but someone should make one um i really hope it there is one though but uh yeah okay uh moving on uh match three it's another six woman tag between hikari noah raku yuki arai versus now kakita marke kobashi and erisu endo with Hikari defeating Erizu with the Blizzard Suplex, 11 minutes, 11 seconds. This is another match where I didn't really write anything outside of the fact that Hikari and Erizu are great together. Yeah. They, they, showed a, they showed a lot of great chemistry in this match. Like, I really enjoyed um, the sort of fire against each other. Uh, they were very, um, very quick. Uh, a lot of counters there. Um, I definitely would love to see a match, uh, a, like a high profile or a high profile singles match between those two. Um, maybe once Erisu gets a lot more experience and if Hikari's still the champ, I think that could be a really good defense for Hikari. Um, but outside of, uh, Hikari and Erisu, I thought the match, uh, was decent. Um, 
nothing too much to say. Nothing, nothing a lot that I broke down. Uh, I did like the thrust kick sort of big boot combo from Orion Hikari to now uh, towards the end. Uh, but really outside of the interactions between uh, Erisu and Hikari, uh, this match was all right. Yeah. I didn't really yeah. like um, Orion this match. She wasn't as spunky as usual. It felt more... It felt more of like a tired effort than a genuine she was feeling the moment kind of thing. So I thought she was okay. Which mm. is... I feel like it was out of place because usually she's very uh, expressive in her matches, but... Oh, and now I can say that the Northern Suplex is my favorite finisher. That was another <laughs> thing. I, I, um, I really liked it. It was very satisfying. Uh, but, like, I, I kind of feel similar towards uh, the other wrestlers in this match that aren't Hikari and Raku. Uh, I'm not saying they yeah. did, like, they weren't trying. It was just... I don't know how to put that. It, it, it was it was as if all of the work like was really focused on Hikari and Arisu. Um, yeah, that's just my thoughts. And uh, to Arai's credit, she does um, she does get quite a bit on, on the next show um, as she should. Um, but yeah, um, don't really disagree there. Um, I gave it uh, two and three quarters though because I really liked uh, Hikari. And Erisu just going at it. Um, they have, they have good chemistry. Yeah, I thought the same thing. Um, I really like Hikari and Erisu. Maybe they should be a tag team. I don't know. I really like them together. I don't know. I, mean, uh, I like them against see- each other, but I also like <laughs> them together. You know, not only is Hikari a, a single sh- t- title holder, you kind of know her history with tag teams. They don't really go too well <laughs> um yeah <laughs> just like with uh, me in tournaments it seems like a hikari and tag teams not really a good pairing yeah but i gave it a two and a half okay yeah um okay okay so now I'm going to transition into the next matches which are all uh tokyo princess cup eight quarterfinals matches uh first one match four of the show is between Maki Ito versus Suzume with Maki defeating Suzume with the Ito punish in 11 minutes, 32 seconds. Uh, Maki, she's of course performing Brooklyn the Hall when Suzume attacks her um, uh, while she's performing. Um, How dare her? But I will say this, this match was so good. (laughs) I really enjoyed this match and I especially really like Suzume's performance uh, in this match. Um, these two, they worked very well together. Uh, first off, Suzume splashing uh, Maki on the outside. Very cool spot. Um, unfortunately, it did kind of result in Suzume somewhat injuring Maki's face in the process, uh, given how Maki's, she was favoring favoring her face for uh, the majority of the match and you can also kind of see like a visible bruise like during this match too uh which kind of goes to show you how she took that took that move and you can kind of see Suzume um she actually hit uh I think Nodoka and um Camille who were on the outside as well like they were they looked pretty 
out of it after catching her. But um, I thought it was a cool spot. Um, I thought this match had one of the best counters uh, all year in where or in which Suzume caught Maki, who was going for the flying big head, into the ring of bell. I thought that was a fantastic counter. Um, and I, I really liked how uh, Suzume, of course, she's uh, been being beat down by Maki. Uh, she didn't have the energy uh, to sort of capitalize on hitting the ring of bell from that position. So uh, really nice moment there. Maki's face, she just... Of course, she got a beating in this match, of course. Um, uh, being hit by the crossbody to the outside, uh, being hit with Ring of Bell, uh, missing the Flying Big Head again, and then getting hit with the Springboard Face Buster. Uh, very, very uh, rough night for Maki's face. Uh, I thought I just really liked the dynamic between these two. Very quick. Uh, very spontaneous at some points. A lot of back and forth, uh, roll up near falls and counters towards the end. You know, high paced, intense. Very, some very good spots in there. I thought this was a very fun match. Uh, Maki was great, of course, but I thought Suzume, uh, she looked awesome here. So, those are my thoughts on this match. Uh, Ty, what do you think? I thought it was a pretty good match as well. Um, it was pretty brutal. <laughs> Especially since Maki very, in, yes. but Suzume was also brutal as well. So it was very nice to see them go at it and just be very fast paced. Um, I liked the out of ring content. I thought that was very yes. nice. I, it was also very brutal. <laughs> I felt bad for Maki when I saw the bruise. I was like, e that must have hurt. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it was a pretty good match. I think this is uh, probably my favorite Suzume match, like in a good while. Like I would agree. I'm not sure if it's like my favorite out of hers, but it, it's definitely really up there. Um, yeah, she she looked very good, even in defeats. Uh, like her timing was great. Uh, she was very fluid. Uh, she worked well uh, with Maki. Um, and I liked how she sort of was intense from the beginning, of course, uh, interrupting Maki's uh, perf entrance performance uh, prior to the bell. So very interesting. But of course, Maki goes over, uh, as we kind of both predicted. Uh, I thought Maki giving the finger to Suzume uh, was also very nice because that's how you know uh, Maki somewhat <laughs> has respect for you. Uh, backstage comments for Maki. She says that... Uh, Suzume is really something for what she did and kind of goes on to say uh, how she is not the Ito of the past and will continue to update herself by winning the tournament uh, and breaking records as the best Ito ever. And to prove this, uh, she goes into a little story of how she went out and bought a frying pan for the first time and made scrambled eggs. Uh, she reports them being delicious. So there you go. Um. I really, really like this match. Uh, definitely one of the best uh, in the Tokyo Princess Cup and a great way to start up the corner finals, in my opinion. Uh, I gave it a three and three quarters. I gave it three and a half. All right. Okay, so moving on, uh, we uh, another Tokyo Princess Cup quarterfinals match, match five on the show. Uh, singles match between Mio Watanabe versus Yuki Aino with Miyu defeating Aino with Teardrop 
12 minutes, 15 seconds. Ty, what did you think of this match? I genuinely enjoyed this match, which to my surprise, I actually really liked I know this match as well, because usually I don't really, I don't really see much from I know in, in my eyes, but in this match, I really get to see more of her, especially against uh, Watanabe. So I, I really enjoyed it. I thought they were both very strong. They both were, they felt very equal in this match. And of course the giant swing and all of that's always very exciting to see. But I did enjoy their exchanges, and I gave it a pretty uh, a high score than I usually would rate it. Well, it's good to hear. Uh, yeah, uh, I know she is, of course, uh, more commonly used in the tag division along with her sister as the Bakuretsu sisters. Uh, so we don't really see too much of her singles um, singles wrestling, uh, which is great. Uh, that she was able to show it off in this tournament. Um, uh, she's not held by those limitations of being uh, in a tag team, though I do think she is a really good tag team wrestler. She's She can hold her own, definitely, uh, in, in the singles division. Um, yeah, I, I really enjoyed this match, too. Um, I thought there was a like, great spot uh, where Miyu kind of took Aino into a bear hug and then turned turn that bear hug into the giant swing. I thought that was very good. Uh, nice little spot there. Um, later on in the match, I know she was reversing uh, the teardrop to hit a bulldog and then the Venus DDT on the apron. Very good stuff there. Um, yeah, very, very competitive match between these two. Uh, good amounts of power struggling here. Miu's fire towards the end was very good. Uh, as she and Aino just try to knock each other down. If I had to nitpick a little bit, I will say it, it did, like Miu's sort of firing up moment towards the end, it did seem a little bit out of nowhere, uh, especially because um, Aino's kind of been hitting some big moves on her, and she even got hit by Aino's finisher on the apron, or one of Aino's finisher on the apron. But otherwise, uh, I thought this was a very good power uh, match between these two. Um it did start slow just by the nature of sort of the wrestling style and kind of coming off the back of such a high intense match, such as Maki and Suzume. But uh, those last couple of minutes were great. And I really like seeing a uh, Muse uh, power kind of clashing with Aino. So yeah, I thought this was a very good uh, Tokyo princess cup match. Uh, what did you give it time? I gave it three and three quarters. I see we are kind of uh, the opposite of the last match because I, oh. I gave this three and a half. Wow. Yeah, that's, that's very interesting. Uh, how kind of like sort of like our preferences, but I it was a very good match between these two. Um, Miu getting the win. Uh, that's very interesting because uh, I honestly thought uh, I know was going to go over, um, but it's kind of cool to see uh, Miu be able to be put in uh, or able to make it into the semifinals because... We know how good Miu is. Uh, she's definitely uh, improving more and more, and she's very impressive uh, in ring. So I'm very excited to see where uh, she goes uh, or how she will perform uh, in the next round. Do you feel similar, Ty? I do feel similar. Okay. All righty. Uh, semi-final match on this show. Match six, Riga Tatsumi versus Shoku Nak. 
Nakajima, excuse me, with Shoko defeating Rika with the diving senton in 13 minutes and 21 seconds. Ty, I thought this match was great. Me too. (laughs) (laughs) I I really enjoyed this match. Um, I like the story of Rika uh, targeting Shoko's legs, uh, trying to slow down the very quick uh, and agile Shoko. The intensity these two showed, they of course known have have known each other for several years now, and they work very well. They have tons of chemistry. Um, I thought there were some really good spots in here, sort of like um, uh, Shoko, of course, hitting the low pay, Rika hitting a reverse twist of fate, uh, sort of off of Shoko sitting on the or the top rope. The counter of the flying hip attack into a schoolgirl near fall, only for Rika to pop up or pop right back up and hit a hip attack. I thought that was a very, very fun exchange. And I also really liked the finishing sequence. Uh, it was also very good with Shoko almost passing out to the dragon sleeper, but rolling up backwards and lifting Rika in, to hit the Northern Lights suplex, uh, then to hit the diving senton for the victory. This was very good stuff. Taya, do you agree? I do agree. And I'm also very, very happy that Shoko won and she made it to the semifinals. (laughs) (laughs) I thought you wanted Rika to win, huh? I did, but I wasn't upset by this win. True, Shoko is your favorite. I get it. Yeah, so I was excited to see Shoko. And I wasn't that that surprised because Rika... She was considered in the top four and Shoko's in the top three. So it would make sense for Shoko to win based off of that little edge. But at the same time, I think it would be interesting for her to be in the semifinals and maybe win the Princess Cup because that would be very interesting. But I, I doubt it. I doubt she'd be the winner of the, of the tournament. We will definitely see. Uh, indeed, she has done it f- before. Yes. Um, yeah. Uh, what happens when you put um, someone who's really, really held their own this year uh, being placed at the top of uh, the card in the main event uh, and just performing just quite incredibly, especially towards the beginning of this year with someone who has been consistently great and how they move and how they basically work you get a incredible (laughs) um 13 minutes of a tournament match um i will say shoko's selling here was very good um there was one part where this is very nitpicky but there was one part where i feel like she could have sold it a little bit better uh and i'm am talking about the lope where she's kind of being worked over by rika but then she just pops right up and then just runs towards the ropes uh but outside of that uh she i thought she did very well uh, kind of her just pacing herself uh always favoring her legs um but yeah uh shoko beating rika definitely a result i was not expecting especially with how uh rika's kind of been t- uh talking backstage on how she wants to be uh the woman of the supper and kind of fill that void of losing a title like she wants a title back and backstage here Rika says her summer is over 
to her, Shoko is an Everest class kaiju. Uh, of course, comparing her to or saying she's bigger than like Fuji Salon, Tokyo Tower, Tokyo Sky Tree. Um, Rika says that she's gained a lot by defeating two tough opponents in this year's tournament, uh, but she won't give up yet. Uh, she will find her own approach for getting to the top. So now that Rika has lost or is out of the Tokyo Princess Cup this year, where does she go from here? Do you think, Ty, that she will perhaps pursue the international title, especially after beating Hikari in the first round? Hmm. This is a very difficult question because she was taken away her championship because of Miyu. But then to go for the international princess title is like, I don't know how I feel about that. I wouldn't say it's degrading, but it's a little a little sad that she has to settle for something less because she doesn't feel ready or confident enough to get the top position. I don't know how I, like, I don't think she would go that route. I think she would just find some way to make it to the top again. I just yeah. don't, I just don't think she would go that way. It's a, it's a very interesting case for Rika because of course she wants to uh, win back her title. Uh, she can't hear because of course she lost. Um, she has a win over, over Hikari. So that story is there. Uh, she has yeah. the credibility to challenge Hikari. And honestly, it could give a sort of boost to Hikari because, I mean, let's be honest, Hikari's reign as international princess champion hasn't been the best. Um, she had sort of an okay match with Marika and I, the match with Rocky was kind of meh. She hasn't re been really given a story. Yeah. Um, or like a very defined story. Uh, nothing, something that's not like as inconsistent as her feud with Marika end up being, but it, it it's interesting. Um, I feel like a feud with Rika has some weight to it. Of course, um, Rika, uh, Rika wants to get a belt. Um, and yeah, even if it's not um, the Princess of Princess title, the international title might see him as a, a sort of uh, stepping down, but Rika, she's won the top title. She's won the tag title. Maybe you can have a story of her winning the uh, international title, and that would actually make her like the first triple crown of the promotion. Um, and Hikari did say after her loss to Rika that she wants to sort of avenge this loss against her, uh, perhaps over the title. So I think there could be a little bit of story there, uh, possibly feeding into a or feeding into something long term for Rika. Um, possibly going back uh, and winning or getting the uh, Princess Princess title back. Um, we'll see what they do with her. Um, she, she definitely does have a say uh, or have a case for the international title. Um, but now that she's out of the tournament, I mean, I kind of just, we kind of have to say this. I feel like, I feel like Riga's Princess Cup has been the best out of anybody so far. Um, just, all three of her matches have been uh, the best um, yeah. throughout this tournament. 
and it, it just proves that she can she can go in, in the main event and it's a shame that she had to lose the princess of princess title but it's also a testament of how good she has become that she can basically hold her own she can work well like consistently uh throughout this tournament setting i definitely think um I said this last podcast, she is the MVP of the tournament. And unless someone uh, puts on some pretty damn good matches, like I don't think that's going to be taken away from her. Um, It's a shame she didn't go further, but she's had quite the tournament this year. I agree. All righty. What did you give the match uh, rating wise, by the way? Four and a quarter. Very good. Uh, I, I'm not sure if I like this more uh, than the Hyper Missile match, but it was still a, a very great match. Uh, definitely <laughs> uh, one of the best uh, out of the tournament uh, this year. Uh, I gave it a four, um, yeah. but yeah. Okay, now getting into the show's main event. This was match seven. Uh, another Tokyo Princess Cup quarterfinal match between Amelia Mashita versus Mizuki with Mizuki defeating Mew with the QD special in 14 minutes and 31 seconds. Now, Ty, um, I know sort of like the last match, uh, it was a really big match for you because it had the person that you want uh, to win the tournament and uh, your favorite. Uh, For me, this match, going to this match, I was hopeful because these two, Mew and Mizuki, are basically my two favorites in the promotion. But I was kind of worried at the same time because unlike Rika, Miu has not had a great tournament in terms of matches so far. Yeah. They've been very one-sided, very dominant in Miu's end to the point where it actually damages the matches. And them being at the top of the card, it's a very, very dull note to end off these shows. And sort of Miu being champion and just being constantly dominating it's it's been it's been rough to say um but i will say uh i like this match uh i I enjoy the stuff here um before the match even happened miski kind of talked about miu being that sort of monster that someone had to put down and i thought this match showed that Uh, miu she started off the match really strong uh pinning a big kick off the apron onto miski from the outside uh, it was here, I will admit, where I was worried that Miu was going to be nonstop dominating one-sidedness. However, thankfully, Mizuki in this match, I think we can both agree, was given a thousand times more offense than Camille did. Yeah. Uh, and what we got in this match was actually competitive at some points. Um, big spot here with Mizuki hitting a diving foot stomp onto Miu, who's on the floor on the outside from the top rope. It's, it's like what she did to Yuka at Redsville Princess. Um, I thought Miu's selling of that uh, spot was very good. Uh, Mizuki, she tries for her Casadora later, but Miu uh, hits a deadlift German for a near fall. I liked how uh, when Miu went for the Crash Rabbit Heat, Mizuki kind of latched onto her leg to prevent her. And I thought there was a very good near fall in this match where Mizuki kicked out of the AA. And then pretty much right after that, Mizuki was just fired up for the rest of the entire way after. 
um, hitting the cutie special, another double foot stomp, then another uh, cutie special to get the win. I was very worried for this match, but I will say I, I really enjoyed this. So uh, Ty, what did you think of this? It was very shocking for me just throughout the whole match. The amount of stamina that Mizuki has is absolutely incredible. Like against, cause Miyu, she kicked her so many times that I literally thought it was it for Mizuki. I was like, there's no way. But then right when you think there's no way, Mizuki just comes back up and then like basically attacks me with everything that she has. And it was a very, it was probably one of the most surprising matches for me out of the entire promotion because I did not see that coming from Mizuki. I didn't expect that at all. I thought it was very entertaining and the emotional, like just the emotional aspect of this match was very strong for me because you can really feel Mizuki's kind of, uh, I wouldn't say stubbornness, but determination to just put Miyu in her place. And right. I thought the ending was very touching between Miyu and Mizuki. It was just, it was maybe, it made me really sad. Like it was really, it was cute by the same time. It was, I don't know what to put it. Like Miyu really got put in her place basically. <laughs> I need to be. And I, I thought that was very nice. It was definitely the best match me you had in the Princess Cup so far. <laughs> and oh, for sure. Last. Yeah. Yeah. So it was really good. Uh, I, I, I gave it a really good score because it was definitely the highlight of this show so far. And oh, really? Huh. Yeah, I thought it was because it was, there was just so much put into it. It felt like because Mizuki really gave it her all and she never gave up basically. Like she kept on going and going until she won. And I thought that was a very yeah. interesting tactic. Cause I, cause usually they, like once they're too tired, they, that usually be it for them. But Mizuki just, she just had so much spirit, so much energy. She didn't want it to end. So I thought it was very, uh, it was inspiring. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there there was definitely a little bit of weight to this match. Uh, of course, yeah. Mizuki, uh, she she's mentioned uh, prior that she's kind of avenging you avenging uh, Yuka's loss to Miu uh, at Cyberbite Festival. Uh, she's noticing uh, that Miu has been sort of a monster, and someone has to take her down. Uh, so Mizuki decides that it's going to be her. Uh, Mizuki, of course, she's very resilient. Um, as you saw in this match, and that's kind of the reason that's kind of helped her uh, in the past years, the reason why she's won uh, this tournament twice. Um, so, yeah, I can definitely see the sort of Mizuki, uh, the story there with Mizuki basically taking down the monster that is Miu. And backstage, Miu uh, speaks about this, saying that uh, in, in a way, she was the sort of challenger in this match uh, as she's taking on the previous two-time winner 
And if Miyu is a monster, you know, she asks what that makes Mizuki. I thought that was a very interesting line. Uh, she goes on to say that for as long as she's been in TJBW, she's not giving up on tournaments. She apparently already has her eyes on the Tokyo Princess Cup 9, which is next year. Mizuki backstage, uh, she says she tried to send the monster to hell, but the monster still roams. Uh, now that she's beaten her, she has no choice but to win and get her three-peat, uh, especially as she hasn't really accomplished a lot this year. Um, so there you go. I will say, though, uh, this was probably a one-off thing, but Monster Hunter Mizuki. That sounds like a fun gimmick. <laughs> like, I doubt that will ever become a thing, but that's just, that's really fun. It has a good ring to it. Monster Hunter Mizuki. Very interesting there. So Mizuki, uh, she moves on into the semifinals, uh, as I predicted. Of course, as Miu has been dominant throughout the entire tournament, I don't think Mizuki was going to lose here, mainly because there's been constant teases of that match. Uh, with Maki uh, later on the tournament. So uh, there you go. Right. Ty, what did you give it? I gave it a four and a half. Wow. Uh, I also gave this a four. Um, Oh, wow. Yeah, I I really like this match. I'm not sure if I like this more than uh, Shoko versus Rika. It's it's very hard for me, but... uh, you know, I thought it was the best uh, match uh, from Miu in the tournament. And, you know, Miu and Mizuki, they're both very good in ring. They were going to have a good match. Um, even if the first two minutes was a little bit kind of eh with Miu being, do- her being dominant and like one-sidedness. Uh, but I thought it was a very good match. Um, so Miu's out of the tournament. Uh I was thinking about this earlier. It's very interesting, the sort of contrast between Miu and Rika in terms of how they're presented. Of course, Miu's the champion. Uh, Rika is the person that Miu took the title from. It's interesting to see the sort of contrast between the two because, you know, we've said, or I said at least, that Rika has had the best tournament out of everyone. Just every match of hers is good. And for Miu... She's pretty much had, how do I put this? Two misses and a hit for me. Like this was the best thing uh, from Miu in this tournament by far, because I thought the match with now was kind of all right at most. And I did not like the one-sided match of with Camille, you know this. So yeah, it's interesting to see how they're presented because Miu is the sort of champion. Of course you would know that she's, or you would expect her to be dominant and, of course, uh, very good, um, skilled, but it was just she was presented as a sort of monster uh, to Mizuki's points. And Rika, on the other hand, she's going into the tournament with a goal, and that is to work her way up, win the tournament, and then challenge Miyu again for the title and really fulfill that emptiness she feels after losing the title. And I, thought, and I was thinking about this tie... Do you think that Miu should have, do you think Miu should be, I wouldn't say a full-blown, but do you think she should start acting heelish to sort of really justify that domination? Because it, it's with just the sheer one-sidedness of her matches in this tournament, it made me really root 
for the other person who she was facing like hmm. and well, it would kind of add some character and it would kind of add some character to Miu because the stoic champion that's always dominant is not really interesting in a promotion filled with character and personality um I know Tokyo Joshi Pro Wrestling doesn't really have like concrete heels outside of Saki-sama um but it would be like an interesting dynamic with Miu. It would allow her to show off a little bit more character besides just being uh, the pink striker. It would justify her sort of domination and really, uh, really give uh, her opponents sort of that. Um, how do how do I put this? Uh, we'd be able to root for them, basically. Man, she doesn't have to be at the top of the card to even do this sort of more heelish persona like maybe you could pair her in a feud with somebody and help elevate them as a result very interesting thought with uh Miu currently well, I wouldn't accept Miu as a heel unless she had Maki as her psychic I feel like that would be more would be more interesting and fun but if it was just Miu solely It'll almost feel like another Saki because Saki also is has this very uh, dominating, kicking kind of uh, style that I feel like is very similar to Miyu, but Miyu is just more um, focused on the kicking and whatnot and has more moves that come with it. So I, I feel like it'd be too similar in terms of their style, other than the fact that Saki is a French aristocrat. So yeah. I feel like it would just be a little, uh, unless they make it in somewhere where Miyu is more, uh, like she she has like a different style as a heel and is more distinguished compared to um, Saki, then maybe it might work out. But I just do not get heel vibes from Miu because even though Miu is very strong and she can easily dominate in a match, she still has, I feel like anyways, like a good heart, if you know what I mean, because she's able to accept her defeat and acknowledge her opponents even after the match. I feel like if she was more... Uh, if she had more of a feud or a grudge against them, it would be different. It would definitely show more heel personality because Saki, for example, doesn't really like to acknowledge or respect her opponents unless she really knows that they're worthy of that position. But Miyu is more, she's more of a good person in that aspect. So even though she can get a little cocky sometimes, I feel like it's still not to the level of a heel. That's how I feel. But I wouldn't be entirely against it. I feel like it could work if they do it right. They just have to really work on Miu and, and kind of make her own persona just more different and I don't know, just change it into some way where it can be applied as a heel. That's what I think. Yeah, I, I get your uh, 
I get your point of seeing like how she could be similar uh, to Saki Sama and it's not really that much inspired. Um, and that kind of begs the question of, or goes into sort of what me would be like as a heel. Um, I, I was just thinking because Miu in this tournament, for me, for me, it hasn't really been working lately. What 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 they're doing with her and how they're presenting her. She's supposed to be the top uh, babyface champion, but she's been so dominant in, in her in her matches. It it's like it's hard to feel any sympathy for her because yeah, she's is. always fighting back. It, you know, I'm we're feeling more sympathy for her opponents because they're just being beaten. Uh, and even here, uh, of course, uh, uh, Miski had a little bit of story going storyline reason to beat her she of course want, has her whole deal with the three pit i don't know it's just a very i was just thinking about it um kind of what they can do with her to make me a little bit more interesting because it's like it's so stark the contrast you can see between her and rika uh, rika she's got defined goals uh she's working very competitive very engaging matches Miu, she's the champion but Outside of winning the tournament, there's nothing really too much going on with her. Um, I mean, of course, not including the the entire thing of Maki versus Neo Bishki Gun, but um, I don't know. It's it's definitely something um, to think about. Um, so yeah. Um, righty. So that was uh, this show, day five, of the Tokyo Princess Cup. I gave this show a eight out of ten. Because for a tournament that started really, really cold, um, this caliber of matches, they were definitely needed. Um, whether, you know, these matches have come a little bit too late, that's a different argument. But all four of these matches, I expected to be very good. And I thought all four of them delivered. So... There you go. Ty, what do you think? I gave it a 8.5 out of 10. Just, I feel like it was a bit higher than yours because I personally felt like the last two matches were very impactful. But you only gave it a 4 out of 5, which I was very surprised by. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's the Tokyo Princess Cup this year. I don't think it's a secret that it started pretty flat. Uh, just yeah. given what happened during the first round uh, or the first day and the first round, we only had like a couple of matches that were uh, that that I enjoyed at least. Uh, of course, the two Riga matches, but so it was kind of refreshing to see uh, some good matches uh, for the tournaments, and uh, also good to see that they all had decent amount of time. So uh, yeah, there we go. Okay, so. That was day five of the Tokyo Princess Cup. Let's move on to the show that happened on the 7th of August. Uh, happening in Nagoya, Yuki Arai's hometown. This event is called The Sky is the Limit. Uh, some opening notes uh, prior for the show was, of course, Maki. She suffered a minor uh, facial injury during her match with Suzume, so she's not on the show. As well as uh, Mahiro uh, not being on the show because she suffered a minor neck injury. To my surprise, uh, the show actually had commentary, uh, Japanese commentary, which was pretty interesting. Um, but the big thing here was that this show was the hometown show for Yuki Arai, of course, uh, one of 
the one of their new rookies, uh, definitely one of the more more intriguing uh, characters uh, going on the, in the promotion. This is her hometown, and as such, of course, there's her family there, as well as a lot of SKE48 fans in the crowd on the show. You can kind of see like some people wearing the SKE48 shirts. They had like signs that had Yuki Rai SKE48 on them. Uh, they actually had to engage in series of clapping practice, which was pretty interesting to see. So definitely a bigger and newer audience for Tokyo Joshi Pro on this show. Uh, Up Up Girls, they sang Maki Takunai again, and then we had the matches. So match one uh, was a singles match between Riga Tatsumi versus Kaya Toribami. It's the battle of the White Dragon versus Cassowary with Rika defeating Kaya with the twist of fate, seven minutes, 10 seconds. Ty, this is another, another case uh, where I don't really have that much to say on. Uh, a nice little quick opener. Uh, I thought both had some pretty good performances uh, individually, but otherwise nothing too much to say. Rika going over, yeah. that was expected. I think uh, Kaya did a good effort in this match, um, but nothing can beat Rika's hip attacks, in my opinion. I, I'm like, <laughs> I like low-key get scared whenever Kaya goes for her springboard, like yeah. spinning swanton thing. Uh, luckily, she did hit it, like, to her credit, so hopefully that's showing improvement in her, but otherwise, I don't really have anything too much to say. It's a little quick opener. Um, I gave it two. I gave it two and a, and a quarter. I, I like Kaya, so and Rika. I, <laughs> yeah, was I nice like both of them, her. but yeah, it was, yeah, it was just all right, pretty standard stuff. Um, okay, match two. It was a tag match between Hyper Masao and Mirai Mayumi versus Raku and Palm Harajuku, with Hyper Masao defeating Palm with Hyper Me returns in eight minutes and fifty-one seconds. Uh, Hyper Masao she enters with Mirai with a hand-drawn. MSS 48 shirt that's kind of like the um kind of like the inside of like a regular Tokyo Joshi Pro wrestling shirt uh, that they sell um she says hello big children uh she has decided to change characters uh saying Mirai's uh SS or strong style spirit has moved her so she's embracing Mirai where have I heard this before mm-hmm. um she says the Mirai Mayumi spirit uh, is what it is, and she doesn't need a mic anymore. Yeah, she basically becomes a hero pretty pretty quickly afterwards in the match. Uh, she'll let Samirai handle the SS stuff, which I thought was pretty pretty interesting. Pretty bold of her to sort of do this in front of a audience that is comprised of a lot of newer fans, uh, of course, uh, coming for Yukirai. I thought this match, I thought it was fun. Um, I enjoyed the team of the palm train, uh, raccoon palm. Uh, I thought hyper missile was also very good. I do wish we got to see uh, a bit more of Mirai in this match. Uh, we got a couple of fun spots of her, uh, sort of Rocky hitting a brain chop that makes Mirai collapse just straight up, and uh, Mirai catching palm, uh, who is about to hit palm to justice on hyper missile, uh, only for Mirai to get hit from behind with a- another brain chop from Rocky. So, um, yeah, but outside of that, uh, Got nothing too much to say. Ty, what do you think of this match? I thought it was a pretty fun match. Um, Palm used the tape to choke Hyper. 
So that was very nice. Yes. Uh, I also like Mariah's energy in this match as well. I feel like she was very enthusiastic and she liked being uh, Hyper's little sidekick in this match. So I thought that was cute. And I also, I believe she did a double lariat on Rockbone Pump, which was very satisfying to me. I greatly enjoyed that. So, very fun but stuff. Overall, it's a good match. Um, yeah. It was yeah. pretty good. Yeah, I just gave it two and a half stars. Yeah, me too. All right. Okay, so moving on. Uh, match three, it was a three-way between Yuki Kamifuku versus Haruna Neko versus Marka Kobashi with Kamiyu defeating Neko with the Famouser in... I apparently did not write the times there. My mistake. Sorry about that. Um, anyway, uh, the Kamiyu Marka saga continues in this match. Uh, they, of course, <laughs> interacted a, quite a bit in this match. Uh, I really liked the, the passive aggressiveness between these two. Uh, Kamiyu just saying how it's a gal thing for, for one to think they're cute uh, by just saying cute for everything. Camille uh, calls Mark a fake and how she should pull out her eyelashes. I, this match, it was very goofy, but in that way, it was also uh, pretty fun as well. Camille uh, and Marka bickering. Uh, and Neko having some fun moments uh, towards the beginning, just taking up both of them with face scratches and acting very cat-like. Um, I love the spot where Camille and Marka, they both kick out of a double pin by Neko. Then they stand up and just decide to work together to, to get rid of this annoying cat <laughs> that's in this match with them. Um, it's the only moment where they can sort of agree on things. Um, I also really like Camille's swiftness at the end. I thought that was very nice. Just the way she uses her long legs to sort of kick to the side at Neko. Uh, and also keeping Mark and the ropes to take um, a Neko Nut Crusher. So, yeah. Um, Ty, what did you feel about it? I greatly enjoy Camille and Marika going at it. I don't know why. It was very entertaining for me. Um, I like when Camille keeps intervening, bothering Marika <laughs> insults. Like, I just thought that was great. I, I enjoyed their feud going on. So it, it was mainly Camille versus Marika. And right, then yeah. Neko was just in there trying to, trying to, uh, just get a, a spot but you know overall i just i just enjoyed it a lot i want to see more Camille against marika i don't know why but i always find it uh, <laughs> especially when you show me the the natural beauty match that they had right that yeah. was great stuff like that is quality <laughs> content i enjoyed and so, it and so they, yeah they oh they seemingly always have very wacky very fun interactions between each other yeah uh, i kind of mentioned how yuki or Camille uh, kind of kind of takes care, quote unquote, of Mahiro, just basically egging her on to like be uh, more accepting of herself and like be more expressive of like uh, being beautiful. But it's kind of like the opposite with her and uh, Marka. With Marka, Camille is kind of like that older sister. So that's like, what are you doing? Yeah. Um, so I, I really like the, their interactions. Uh, very fun, like a uh, lower uh, lower card feud between them. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, uh, for this match itself, uh, it's another case where it was a bit too wacky for me, so I didn't rate it. I gave it a three out of five. I oh, very high it. praise. Yeah. 
Yeah. Uh, I wonder if we will see another combination of uh, Camille, Marka, and some, some poor unlucky person that has to deal with their crap <laughs> um, uh, in the future. Uh, at least once by the end of the year. That's, that's going to be fun. Uh, but yeah, there you go. Alrighty, and match four on the show, it was a, another tag match between Hikari Noah and I just said Mahiro wasn't going to be on the show. What the heck? Okay. Um, Mahiro Kiryu versus Mizuki and now Kakida. Yeah. Uh, please ignore what I said at the beginning. What the heck? Why did I? Okay, whatever. Um, <laughs> I thought no, this- wait, uh, No, wait. Uh, no. It was Hikari Noah and Erisu versus Mizuki. That's right. Why do I have, why do I have yeah, Mahiro on here? That's, what the heck? I was so confused because I was like, Wait. Okay, that's. Hero? <laughs> oh, I think it's because the card somewhat changed earlier. Okay, that's uh, a botch. Yeah. Okay, okay, that. There you go. I, I was like, am I going crazy? Okay, whatever. That's a that's a botch on my part, but whatever. Okay, Hikari and Air. <laughs> Jesus, Hikari Noah and Erisu Endo versus Mizuki and now Kakida, with Mizuki defeating Erisu with the QD special. Ten minutes thirty five seconds. I thought this match uh, was really fun, actually. Uh, Ty, what did you think of it? That was pretty enjoyable. Um, I don't know why Mizuki was upset at now. I don't know if she was or not, but she looked a little upset at now for some reason. I think it's I because uh, when they entered, now was kind of doing her um, popping sugar rabbit pose, and Mizuki did not like that. Ah, uh, <laughs> I, I you, kind, you, you can kind of. I think you can kind of see it on like her face. She kind of like side eyes <laughs> uh, yeah. now during their entrance. Yeah. I also like how Mizuki kind of uses her partner for her moves. So like now, for example, whenever she's on top of the like pinning, Mizuki is just naming them. I think yes. that's kind of kind of enjoyable. Also, I, I really enjoyed Hikari's kicks in this match. I thought it was very nice. Again. Oh, Hikari and Erisu. I just realized right. that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think they're a good team. Yeah, I, I really like seeing the sort of uh, contrast of uh, dynamics between the two teams. Uh, yeah. Hikari and Erisu, they worked uh, decently well together. Uh, sort of like the beginning spot with Hikari catching Erisu in the ropes uh, to save her from a double team maneuver uh, from now on Mizuki, with both of them uh, going in and drop kicking them. Uh, of course, uh, they had their own little um, uh, kick sequences. And then Mizuki and now uh, Mizuki. Uh, just using now <laughs> uh, to inflict pain on her opponents. Mizuki just yes. reverse whipping her into Erisu, even if now wants Mizuki to be the one to deliver uh, strikes to Erisu in the corner. Of course, Mizuki, she used now, or she tripped her for a pin uh, on Erisu, in which uh, Hikari goes to say, or goes to break it up. Mizuki moves out of the way and she hits now on the process. Mizuki t also taunting Hikari <laughs> as she's pinning her own tag partner on top of Erisu. Mizuki is, she's just great. I mean, she's, she's just so charismatic. I, she's definitely, I, I already said it, she's definitely one of my favorites. Yeah. Um, I thought Hikari and Nao's uh, exchanges were also very, very good. Uh, we saw earlier this year uh, in a couple of six-woman six matches, uh, Hikari and now their kick exchanges and overall chemistry, it's there. Uh, lots of fun back and forth counters between them. Um, and I also liked how Erisu kind of held her own uh, during the finish, uh, being flipped over, but avoiding 
the double foot stomp from Mizuki and then locking in the camel clutch. But of course, Mizuki experience and just overall ability. Uh, she got the win with the cutie special. Yeah, uh, I thought all four uh, of these wrestlers shined uh, in what basically was a pretty fun match. Uh, I just needed maybe a couple more minutes and I thought this could have been a really fun tag match. Uh, but yeah, uh, I gave this three and a quarter. Me too. I also gave it three and a quarter. Very good stuff. Okay, moving on to the semi-main match five of the show. Another tag match between Shoko Nakajima and Nodoka Tenma versus Miyu Watanabe and Suzume with Miyu defeating Nodoka with the teardrop in 13 minutes and 33 seconds. It's an interesting little match here as it was a sort of build-up for the semifinals uh, of the Tokyo Princess Cup with uh, Miyu and Shoko, uh, of course, moving on to the uh, semifinals. So that made me very hype. And I really like, I actually really like this match. I'll be honest. Um, I thought this was probably the best match on the show. Um, I agree. Yeah. Uh, Shoko and Miyu, of course, they're the, they're the only people in this match that are still in the tournament. They had some good time together. I thought they were awesome in this match, especially Shoko. Shoko just being classic Shoko, um, just with how fast and intense she was, as well as Miyu just being a, a very, very uh, powerful wrestler. This pa- this match, like post, like I want to say the five minute mark was very nonstop fun. Uh, tons of action between these two teams. Uh, Suzume taking out Shoko and Nodoko with a double face buster. Uh, Miu and Shoko showing off their chemistry. Uh, kind of sh- uh, Miu uh, sort of having to deal with someone who's a lot more agile than her, uh, trying to catch her and uh, do a lot of these power spots. And I really like the spot towards the end with. Uh, Shoko charging Miu. Miu jumps over her and Suzume catches Shoko and ring a bell. I thought that was a very good way to take out Shoko in this match. Uh, Miu, she picks up the win over Nodoka. I thought this was a great tag match to have, uh, especially in front of uh, that new audience. Uh, Ty, do you agree? I, I strongly agree. This is definitely the match of the night for me. But uh, again, I like it when Shoko's in match. Obviously, I really love her change <laughs> between Miu. I thought that was so fun to watch. Also, Miu's great opponent, Nodoka. <laughs> I really want her to... Like, I don't think I've seen a backbreaker from Nodoka. Like, Miu doing Nodoka. Because Miu keeps trying to lift Nodoka. <laughs> and she still has great difficulty. And I feel like one day, she will prevail. Like she, she has to. I really want to see this. So I feel like she, I feel like she's done it. Um, she's definitely hit the giant swing on Nodoka before. Um, yeah, I feel like she's done it. But it, yeah, that's a pretty uh pretty fun a uh, little uh interaction that they have. Me trying to lift Nodoka. Yeah. Yeah, uh, I gave this a three and a half. I gave this three and three quarters. Yeah, that's fair enough. Uh, yeah. I definitely thought it was uh, the best match on the show. All right. Definitely. All right. So moving on in the main event, match six, there's another tag match between team of Mio Yamashita and Yuki Araya versus Yuki Aino and Mocha Miyamoto with Arai defeating Mocha with finally in 11 minutes, 12 seconds. 
this is, of course, Arai's first uh, main event on a show in front of her hometown, in front of her fans and, fr- and family. It's also a very interesting match uh, just put together for Araya. Not only is this, um, you know, of course, it's in, in good company, but it's also uh, the wrestlers uh, have Mocha being her sort of rival as she or one of her rivals that she has to move on until possibly moving on to Maki in the future. Uh, you have Aino, who uh, Arai lost to in the Tokyo Princess Cup this year, and someone who she's actually shown respect towards after that loss, which is uh, very, very different from her attitude towards Mocha, uh, as well as teaming with Miyamasha, who is one of her trainers. Um, a very interesting match for Arai, definitely. I will say this match, uh, it kind of began pretty standard with Mocha and Aino. They were kind of just working uh, working over Arai with Miyu getting the hot tag and just showing off her kicks. But I will say uh, Arai and Mocha's like ending sequence uh, at this match I thought was great. You can definitely feel their hostility towards each other. And they were both very intense. And Ty, just, I'm not sure if you saw this, but um, when Arai hit the full Nelson Buster, like you, you could hear the crowd just react oh, and like yeah. you could see some of the people like applauding her and just yeah, i love I seeing that. that i was and gonna I just, ask you about it but i was like right it just hmm, yeah the full nelson buster of course it's a new move that arai has uh has incorporated into her moveset i think it looks very nice and it looks really good or it's it's very good for her to have but her doing it on mocha like she got some pretty good height on mocha just slamming her down on the mat and yeah. You could hear the reaction from everyone. Like, I thought that was a really good moment for her. It's really yeah. cool to see. There were uh, definitely the, the highlights of this match, in my opinion. Oh, Both for sure. And, yeah. Yeah. And as it should be, uh, through this feud, uh, you know, through this feud of Arai, Mocha has basically looked the best she's been uh, this year, especially. And I think, or I honestly think that they both make each other look good during the, uh, their last couple of matches together. I'm not sure if this is the end of their feud per se, but I've enjoyed it. Um, and I'm also really glad uh, that Arai got the win in front of her fans in the main events. Very nice moment for her. Yes. Um, yeah, I, I, I'm definitely glad that they put the definite focus on Mocha and Arai. Oh, it's the hometown girl versus uh, the person that she's been feuding with. Uh, over the last couple of shows and Arai got the pin. So that, that that's overall good thumbs up from me. The match leading up to it a little bit. Eh, it was pretty all right at sometimes I will say Mew hit a school kick on a That was very nice. Yes. Um, but outside of that, uh, pretty standard stuff. Uh, I gave this two and three quarters though. You said two and three quarters? Yeah. Oh, I gave it three and a quarter. Wow. Yeah, I mean, that's not you. <laughs> you saw last podcast. I was giving pretty much everything that was a tag match three and, <laughs> three and a quarter. So there's yeah. that. For, uh, not but too much. I, uh, I thought it was a good main event. I didn't think it was at least below the three mark, in my opinion. I just need a little bit, uh, I just wish they incorporated a little bit more of um, 
awry and mocha towards like towards the beginning and middle like yeah it, it really came uh, at the end i kind of wish like awry was sort of a little bit more toying with mocha or some sort of interaction there i could have used yeah. that but but otherwise uh, i thought it was really good uh, um, i'm happy that she got this moment in front of like her hometown so yeah um backstage comments uh we're live on the show interestingly enough uh basically Mew, she's putting over Arai, Arai saying how she was able to come to a show from her house instead of a hotel. She's got two singles matches in a row uh, upcoming uh, against the former international princess champion and the princess of princess champ. Um, it's, it's unfortunate that she had to set the upcoming shows uh, because she was in contact with a positive case, but uh, I'm definitely looking forward to Arai's uh, trial series and seeing uh, how they help develop her from there okay so uh ty what did you give the show overall i gave it a seven out of ten i also gave it a seven out of ten oh. yeah pretty fun show uh i'm glad that arai got her moment as i said before um yeah. the semi-main event was very good um pretty much everything else was kind of like all right decent but uh I'm glad that Arai had her like had her moment and TJPW was able to hold a show in front of SKE 48 fans and hopefully uh, gain new fans of the promotion and of wrestlers as a result. Uh, so there you go. Okay, so that has been the two shows uh, that we are going to review for this uh, episode. Uh, our upcoming uh, shows that we will be reviewing will be over the Tokyo Princess Cup 8 semifinals and finals happening on the 14th and 15th uh, of August, uh, both happening at Corkin Hall. It's going to be very exciting. Let's, uh, let's preview some matches uh, for the Princess Cup. Uh, of course, the semifinal matches have been revealed, and I'm not going to lie, Ty, it's a little bit underwhelming <laughs> because okay. uh, they're basically... Um, it's basically the matches we would have gotten if there was no shuffling. And those matches oh. are, yeah. Yeah. And those matches are uh, Mi Watanabe versus Shoko Nakajima and Maki Ito versus Mizuki. And I'm not, if I'm not mistaken, if you look at the bracket, that's kind of basically what we, we what we would have gotten anyway. So the whole yeah. shuffling of the semifinals is a little bit um, anticlimactic. It's a little bit of a waste. I'm not gonna lie. I was, I, I, I mean, was, I was expecting do you, do you at least like a little bit switched? of. A well, yeah. I mean, if they're gonna shuffle, if they're going to shuffle um, the car, then you might as well do something different than not what yeah. we would have already gotten. Like we're getting Maki versus Mizuki in the semifinals, and that's definitely a match that I would have predicted to be a finals match, uh, especially with how much emphasis. Uh, has been great or has been presented on that match. So anyway, we've got those two matches. Um, let's start off with Miyu Watanabe versus Shoku Nakajima. Who do you got, Ty? I think Shoku's gonna win. I also think that Shoku is going to win. Yeah. Um, this also, also I forgot to point out, this is a very weird um year for the Tokyo Princess Cup because not only did it like 
kind of have a very ice cold start and only now are we getting like we're getting a little bit of that Tokyo Princess Cup hype app but it the semifinals this year are basically the exact same from last year except we traded one Miu for the other so um I I wanted perhaps at least two new faces outside of Miu if I'm honest but um no doubt, I think that these two matches are going to be very good. Um, I've got Shogo to beat Miu. Um, don't really have much to say there. Yeah. Although, that being said, that's how I felt about Yuki Aino last time, and look what happened. Well, there you go. Okay, now, moving on to the big match. Maki Ito versus Mizuki. Now, this is difficult, because... Mizuki has her Mizuki has her her whole um, wanting to do a three peats for the Tokyo Princess Cup. Um, she's beaten Miu, so she does have a case for the Princess of Princess Championship. Um, Maki, she's of course been teaming with Miu. Uh, she's facing off against her former tag partner in the Ito Respect Army and Mizuki. Lots of history between these two, no doubt. I think, you know what? I predicted Maki to win the, the entire thing, and I think, I think it's going to be Maki that beats her. So I'm gonna go with Maki winning here. That would be interesting between Maki and Shoko. I would, I would like to see that. Yeah, it's definitely the the finals, uh, the match that I am predicting. Yeah, I would say Maki would win. It would make more sense for her to win than Mizuki. But I wouldn't be surprised if Mizuki won. Right, I feel the same way. And Yeah. Yeah, and Maki, of course, she's got that history with uh, both Miyu and Mizuki. But hey, if Mizuki loses here, she beat Miyu earlier in the tournament. So she can challenge, I guess, from that. But um, I definitely think that Maki's going to win the tournament. She's going to go on to face... Miu Yamashita at Wrestle Princess 2. Maybe Maki wins the title there. I, yeah. I think that's I think that's what, what they're going for. Either way, uh, I'm looking forward to these two matches and the final. You pretty much can't really get a bad combination here. Uh, all four of these women are very good in ring. I and all four of them are very charismatic. They they're gonna put on some fun stuff, and I'm really yeah. looking forward to it. Okay, um, so yeah, uh, those are <laughs> the semifinals and the finals predictions from us. Um, looking forward to the upcoming shows. Uh, the, the show on the 14th is going to be uh, the return of Yuka Sakazaki returning from AEW. Um, I've missed her. Um, she's had uh, a couple of matches uh, in the US uh, on Dynamite, on Dark Elevation, but she hasn't really done much of anything over there. I mean, given how long she was supposed to be there, no surprise. But um, I'm glad she's coming back. Um, definitely looking forward to her. Um, unfortunately, of course, Yuki Arai, she was supposed to start her midsummer trial series, but is unable to. It's going to be a little bit postponed. Um, but another thing that I'm very excited about on the card for the 14th is going to be a six woman uh, tag match or a six person tag match. I should say, because 
It features the return of Yukio St. Laurent to Niu Bishkigun. Uh, he teams with, of uh, course, Saki-sama and uh, May Saint-Michel uh, against the team of Rika Tatsumi, Pamaharajuku, and DDT's Antonio Honda. So this is going to be a very interesting thing to talk about, Ty. I can't wait to see how you react to this. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I wonder what Honda is going to say on the mic in that match, and if that match we'll see some pressure points and some syringes being brought out by Yuku, Yukio. It's going to be very exciting. I believe it's going to be also the first intergender match uh, that Tokyo Joshi Pro has had this year. So wow. very excited stuff. So yeah, definitely looking forward uh, to the next couple of shows. Uh, so yeah, that has been basically this episode of the Crash Rabbit Pod. Follow us on Twitter at Crash Rabbit Pod. Podcast is available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Anchor, and some other platforms. Ty, do you have any final thoughts? Um, just I'm excited for the finals and the semifinals that are coming up. Definitely for sure. Can't wait to see where that goes. And with that, my name is Robbie. This is Ty. This has been The Crash Wrap Pod, the podcast dedicated to exploring the magical world of Tokyo Joshi. We'll talk to you guys later in the next episode.